Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Good evening, children of the Most High God, and welcome to Kingdom Empowerment. I am your host, Elder Coilette, and as always, it is truly a pleasure and a joy to join in with you in the airwaves. Let's take this show before God and get it on the road. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Father God, I just lift up my audience and my listeners right now. They may have had a rough day at work, oh Lord God, or they may have encountered something, oh God, that just shook their world. But Father God, you are the Prince of Peace. You are there, oh Lord God, to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. You are there, oh God, to shower your love down upon us. So right now, Father God, I take the time to intercede on their behalf, that they would find peace, oh Lord God, in the midst of the struggle. They would find peace, oh God, in the midst of the situation. They will be embraced, oh Lord, by your love. And Father God, that they will be encouraged to Keep going on in their journey with you. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. I lift up my guests on tonight, O oh Lord God. I pray that your anointing, O oh God, will be on this broadcast and that, Father God, you will have your way in the midst of it. Now, unto you be all the glory, be all the honor in Jesus the Christ's name. And it is so. Again, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to this special edition of Kingdom Empowerment. I am just absolutely thrilled to have this young man on the show that we are going to be speaking with on tonight. Truly, truly, he is a blessed man of God, even at a young, tender age. And I want you all to join in with me in welcoming Mr. Brian Reynolds. Good afternoon, Brian. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Fantastic. Thanks for asking, and I appreciate you having me on the show. Amen, amen. Well, it is definitely my pleasure. You are um, just such an interesting young man to me. I I thank God for your life. I really, really do. And I really want to, there's a couple of reasons I wanted you to come on this show. One of them is to just be an encouragement to the youth that are out there and to understand that there is um, a world out there outside of just the the norm, the the things that most teenagers kind of are drawn to, the drinking, the partying, and all of those different things that the enemy dangles in front of them to entice them, that there is a world out there waiting to be explored so that the gifts and the talents and the greatness that God has placed within them can be drawn out of them. And I see that in you. I see the hand of God on your life in and at work through you. So I wanted to have you on for that, and also because I really admire your stand against bullying and the way you have just really picked up this cause and ran with it. It is just an amazing thing to me. So I would just like to open it up for a few moments and just let you share from your heart. I know that you're almost 16 years old, but you're well advanced for your years in in the number sense. And so just share from your heart how you come to be the young man that you are today. Well, uh, 
a few years ago, uh, I started a new school, and it was a it was a church school. And uh, in doing that, uh, I was like, I'm sure everybody's had that experience where they're new in a you know a brand new environment, maybe a new workspace, or for me, well, for me, it was a new school. And anyway, I uh, I started this new school, and uh, about from the time I started to the time I left, like the whole experience for me was just one of the you know biggest nightmares I've ever experienced. And I've never I've never been put in that sort of environment where I almost had to defend myself. And uh, you know the, these these people would be doing things like uh, you know attacking me verbally, uh, physically confronting me, uh, spitballs in the classroom, or you know even just anything they could really think of. You know throwing my my books down or like I said, anything they could really come up with, they did. And uh, after three months, it started spiraling into this this world of cyberbullying, and uh, which is possibly the worst type of thing anybody can experience. And when you start getting into that area of cyberbullying, you it's something that is pretty much permanently on the internet. So you have huge difficulties trying to uh, you know erase what other people have written about you, and with me, uh, when they started doing that, I had to shut down all my social media and had to shut down anything that I was a part of over the Internet. And that's actually how my parents found out and got involved. And, uh, you know, they, they were asking me, you know, why, why did nobody else at that school step in for you and try to help you when they're – because, you know, everybody's seeing what's going on. It's not like I'm, you know, hiding somewhere and this is going on. It's dead center of the classroom. And it, it it's just one of those things that when they said that to me, I, it made me realize, like, wow, that's it's really true. Like, there's literally nobody helping me right now. And uh, not only was it a bullying experience, but it was at a church school. So I did. I never understood how somebody can go and get out of a class for theology and go into the next class and just be the biggest jerk that you've ever seen. It, like, it never. It, I never understood how somebody could operate like that. And through my experience, uh, you know, my, my parents, after they found out what was going on, we approached the school administration, and they they definitely were not going to do anything to help me. And uh, that's when my parents luckily withdrew me out of the school. And in doing that, uh, it took me a little while to build my, my self-confidence back up uh, with myself and with God. And not only that, but uh, that's what got me into martial arts and 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 in turn boxing but it was basically a it was a life-changing experience for me and uh it's something that uh i know everybody goes through it once or twice in their life or maybe more but uh it's it's everybody has a little bit different of a story and mine that's just how mine kind of came out but uh that's been possibly like the biggest life-changing experience so far uh for me and uh i don't you know that's that's all i can pretty much say on that but in addition to that, uh, I was a, uh, a drummer in a praise band at my local church. While all this was going on, I was playing in the band, and uh, I played for every church service on Sunday. And uh, after I left the uh, the school, I continued playing drums at this, this church. And uh, it's not the same church as the school, it's a different church. But I kept playing the drums at this other church. And anyway, uh, three years after you know me playing the drums there, uh, uh the I talked I had when I uh, when I was in the Boy Scouts and I still am but uh I was going to get my my Eagle award and I had to have a religious recommendation 
and the uh, the minister there who, uh, that at the church that I was playing the drums at for three years uh, refused to write my letter of recommendation, and uh, because he said he didn't know me enough. And when that happened, on top of the the bullying incident at this other school, it was one of those things that I I uh, I guess I was starting to kind of question my religious beliefs in all, and uh, with you know, what, what, how important I was and how important, you know, God was because these were in churches and I, I never understood, like, maybe I kept thinking to myself, maybe that's just not where I need to be and so forth. And uh, finally, after I started getting into the martial arts and uh, I, I started to try to build my confidence back after those two big events, and in turn that led me to uh, seek out uh, Mr. Foreman uh, that was also in Houston, Mr. George Foreman, and uh, after attending his church service, uh, Mr. Foreman had one of the best, uh, you know, he had one of the best, like, uh, sermons you could ever imagine. And he's one of the best uh, ministers and speakers I've ever, you know, heard. And some of the things he was saying in his sermon were, this hit me so much at home that I realized it wasn't my connection or my relationship with God. It was these other people that were more or less self-appointed in the way that weren't really willing to give up their, you know, give up what, where they were. They just wanted to knock other people down. And once I realized the whole situation, I, I really started to find, you know, where I needed to be, and that led me to a, a, a much greater place. And I'm really thankful Mr. Foreman was able to uh, give those sermons that really inspired me. And, uh, you know, and it's funny because, it, and this is another one of those things that it's, you know, God must have been speaking in his ear because I literally was not sure about the church. I wasn't sure about God. I wasn't sure about the the ministers. I wasn't sure about anything. And when Mr. Foreman, the first sermon he gave was about uh, ministers and how there's three different types of ministers. There's the minister that's self-appointed, and that's, you know, simply a, a minister that they they say, that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I could do this, and they just kind of jump into it. And there's the minister that's appointed by the people in the sense that the whole community might say, oh, man, you're a fantastic uh, speaker. You should try to, to be a preacher. And then the third is uh, appointed by God. And uh, I believe, you know, in, from the stories and from what I've heard from Mr. Foreman and his uh, and all of his sermons combined, that's, that's where Mr. Foreman is. And that's, like, the biggest important thing uh, for me that really touched me is uh, getting to hear words from such an inspirational person that, I mean, every time you go to his his ministry, you hear something that it always relates to you. Like, everything he says relates to you. It's not, well, I, I you know, you go to a lot of people, and like, especially the churches where I was getting bullied, and, and also the one where I played the drums, the, the, the all, all I kept hearing was about what they did, or what, you know, our church does this charity or does this and that but they never explain like you know the, what do you need to do or where to, how do you relate to God just how the the minister themselves would relate to God and that's when you know like I said I started to question like maybe am I not important because I'm not you know a minister I, I didn't know and through this whole experience it kind of brought me you know my direction and my my map of where I needed to go and uh, how I personally think I relate to God. Wow, you, you touched on 
so many points in the midst of sharing that. Um, first and foremost, and, and this is this is so close to my heart, um, is relationship with God and not judging God by others' actions. Um, it is so easy for us to get caught up in the actions of others, especially when they walk around um, quote unquote as ministers of the gospel. I, I feel that um, and this is my own personal belief, but I just believe that if you're going to proclaim that you are a minister of the gospel, which is stating that you are a servant of God, that it is not about being puffed up, blown up, um, all the accolades being on you, but to minister is, is just merely to serve. It is a servant, and that's what Christ came to do, to teach us how to be good servants. So um, the fact that you were in ministries that actually had like the big eye, little you syndrome going on where it was like, see me, 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 me. And for you to get to a place in your walk with God that you started to question God based on what these other individuals were doing, I think is is um, pivotal because I think that there is a lot of people, um, you, you, you dealt with that at a very young age because, again, you, you know, you're not even quite 16 yet. So for you to have gone through that in the past few years, very young, and, and to um, recognize the, the different issues that are involved in that is phenomenal. There are grown people, and some maybe my age and older, that are still going through and have literally walked away from the church because of church hurt. And you see that all the time with people my age. So, I mean, I, I can really relate to that. I mean, yeah. you see a lot of, especially, like I said, kids my age, that they, they literally don't know where they're going. And instead of mm-hmm. looking where they need to go, they just, like, that's it. Like, I'm I'm done. Mm-hmm. And they just walk away from it completely. It, it is, it's a sad scenario. It really, really is. I was um, speaking to a group of youth and adults on Sunday, and one of the things that I think is vitally important is that the youth need to feel comfortable at church. They need to know that just because someone is older than them does not mean that um, they're isolated from them. They need to understand that we, the, the older generation, are full of wisdom to impart into them, but likewise we, the older generation, need to set that example for them so that they feel comfortable coming and talking to us. If we're in a place where we um, are always talking down to the youth or talking about the youth and never talking to the youth and trying to encourage them in the, the struggles and the journeys they're going through, then we have a major issue. And, and that is one of the issues in the church. That is one of the reasons why most of the kids today don't want to go to church. And, and, you know, and the other it, thing, too, is the parents. You know, a lot of the times the parents get the same thing, like what I just said about the kids, where the kids, they, they don't feel like they have direction. A lot of times parents don't have direction on, you know, where maybe, like, you know, you go to a lot of churches where when when it comes time to give tithe or anything like that, they just, like, you're, it's your duty. It, it, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's the way they, they phrase it. It's like, you need to give this amount of money, otherwise we're, you're kind of shunned in the church. And when parents don't want to go to the church, you know, uh, you know, that's the one thing about Mr. Foreman is every time you go to his sermon, if you if you have money to give, please give it. If you don't, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, Mr. Foreman will take care of it. And that's something that's really important, not, not necessarily just the money, but that whole, you know, area in general just, you know, 
you know, how much time you want to invest, and you want to live life through God, but you don't want to feel like it's your duty that you have to physically go do every single charity event in the world to be, you know, considered religious or to be considered good, you know, with God. And that's when the parents feel like, you know, it's, they're not, they're not, you know, in, I don't know how to explain it. Like when the parents feel like they don't have that connection, it leads to the kids not wanting to have that connection because they don't know how to. And it all comes back to, like you just said, it comes back to these, these people, the quote, quote unquote ministers that have just, you know, basically said, I'm going to, I have a book, I'm going to, these are the rules, and if you, if you don't do that, it's, it's not allowed, and that's something that, that, that's what really inspired me with Mr. Foreman, is because he gave me that, that freedom that this is what the Word of God says, you can interpret it in so many ways, and you need to find out what it means to you, and you need to, uh, take that and use it as your map to find God again, not necessarily, like, this is, how uh, the the minister, you know, when someone just says this is how it is and this is how I interpret it, so you need to, to you know, see it that way. Um, it, it just, and like it, like I said, it all starts with with parents. You know, when the parents want to get involved, the kids want to get involved, and uh, especially in my case, and that's something that's really important that I'd like to be, I'd like to, I'd like for that to be seen, uh, you know, throughout the nation that. If you if the parents start wanting to get involved, then kids will want to get involved, and that will lead to something you know much greater. Absolutely, you know, and I think one of the the, the pivotal um, factors in that is a relationship. We we live in a society where um, we have been taught that going to church is about religion, and it could not be farther from the truth. If you really get into the reason that Christ came, if you're if you're walking and you're saying that you are a Christian, that you are a disciple of Christ, then you know you couldn't be farther from the truth. And and I, I as as often as I possibly can put this out here, I do because I really really feel an unction in my spirit that people need to understand that Christ did not come to start a new religion. He came as a child um, of Israel. He came as um, a Jew. And he never renounced Judaism. He never renounced um, being um, a child of God through the lineage of Abraham. He never renounced that. He never did. So he didn't come to start a new religion. What he came for was that we would have relationship with the Father and that whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, you could still be engrafted into the family of God in a relationship. If we go to John 17, which is the true Lord's Prayer, that's where he prayed to the Father on our behalf. It was all about relationship. He prayed that we would be one with him and one with the Father. That has nothing to do with religion. That is all about relationship. And if we can develop our relationship with God, then we're not caught up in the religiosities and the traditions that church has tried to put us in. Exactly. I believe in coming to corporate worship um, as often as possible. I believe in that. But at the same time, understand the reason you do it. It's corporate worship. It's not just I'm going to church out of a religious habit. Exactly. You Go just ahead. said what I was going to I was going to I mean, if people that you meet so many people, especially the ministers, that they, they think because they go to church, you know, every week, once a week, or maybe even more, that 
they're they're going straight to heaven and this is like this is your ticket i i do my duty and that's it and that's the worst example you can ever you know leave uh, an impression on uh just because it's not anything about that it's living your life with god not it it has nothing to do with going to church and you know being a part of the you know the church the church oriented gossip and the whole scene of church it's it's all about your relationship with god you just hit it on the nail amen amen it, it, you're absolutely correct all about your relationship with god um and that's in and out of the four walls of the church you know exactly. how do i i um appreciate how you carry yourself outside cuz see i've never seen you in a church setting i've only seen you outside of the church but you carry yourself with an air of distinction that identifies you as a son of the king and that's vitally important, how you carry yourself. How do you represent your father, be it earthly or spiritually? How are you representing? You know, uh, I mean, the, minister, the minister that would not give you a reference, and I believe you had shared with me because you wouldn't join his wife's Sunday school class or something. That, that's not a representation of Christ. Yeah, exactly, and and that's what, that, like I just said, that all goes back to what I what I just said a few minutes ago was, that that particular instance, the the wife of that preacher at this uh, the place that played the drums was like, you know, they, she asked me, do you want to do this this Sunday school, and I I didn't want to do a, a Sunday school. It just wasn't something that I felt I really wanted to be a part of, especially in that church. And when she said that, and I said I said no, it was like all of a sudden the whole everybody just turned their back like. It's like I, I, you kind of got shunned out of the the program, and it, it makes you feel like, you know, what 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 happened? You know, if you don't follow their rules, it's it's your fault somehow. And it's uh it's unfortunate that people have to be like that. But uh, and it it really the whole thing is about your relationship with God and helping others. If you if you can help others and you can have a great foundation with God, uh, that that's really what it's all about. And and, and anything else is it's optional or it's it's a distraction. I mean, there's so many distractions in the world. And, you know, I, I lived in Vegas for a full year before I, I just moved to California. And in Vegas, I saw so many of these quote-unquote distractions that, that really just pe- people have such nasty things they want to say to you and to your beliefs and to everything. They They want to target what's sensitive to you. And for me, my belief system is sensitive to me, and I don't like having people step in and say this is right, this is wrong. I, I like to be able to kind of decide what what I think I need to do. And in in Las Vegas, it's just you, it is sin city, but I was able to really find out like what it's like to have everything tested, like. You you really see all these people come out of the woodwork, and I like to call them distractions because mm-hmm. Mr. Foreman had said in one of his his uh, sermons that it's kind of like the the scum on the bottom bottom of your shoe. Like it uh-huh. it always kind of sticks around, but it, it, you just kind of have to ignore it and you have to keep on walking. It's not it's not going to go anywhere, but you have to remember it's there and just keep going. You don't want to sit there and keep trying to pry it off your shoe. It, it just won't come off. And it's it's mm-hmm. something that you're going to have distractions everywhere, but you just have to you have to learn to ignore it, and you need to learn on focusing on where you need to be 
and not as much where you don't need to be deciding on where other people need to be and you don't need to tell people where they need to be. You need to focus on what you think God wants you to do in the moment. And that's I think that's probably, you know, one of the, the greatest things that I learned in my year in Vegas. And uh, it, that's another thing that helped strengthen my relationship with God as well. Amen, amen. Well, you know, you have experienced bullying on so many different levels, in your school, in the church, um, on the streets of Vegas. Um, It's amazing. But you have picked up such a mantle that you carry um, in the anti-bullying rings. And um, I know that you have done some phenomenal interviews with some very, very awesome people, just to, to name a few, Mike Tyson, Larry Holmes, Tommy Hearn, Lennox Lewis, Oscar De La Hoya, Jeremy Lin, Chandler Pearson, Jeremy Sharkey, Carrot Top, Don King, Freddie Roach, Brad Garrett, Marie Osmond, CeeLo Green, Ed Ashner, and so many more. Um, just in in standing up on in the prospect of coming against this plight that has attacked our youth and this this like you said, one of the worst things ever, the cyberbullying and the kids feeling like they have nowhere to turn or what have you. What has really prompted you to go out and and to start doing these interviews and and taking the stand that you have? I mean, I understand that you've lived through bullying, but, I mean, what has – there's so many that have lived through it, but they've not chosen to do anything about it. So how did you get to the place where you are right now in that? And, and, you know, you literally just said what I was – what what I'm about to say, and uh, I've seen that so many others don't want to, you know, be involved with it, and that was, you know, especially in my experience, like I said, no bystanders wanted to get involved with anything I was doing uh, in terms of when I was getting bullied at the school. No, Nobody wanted to step in and say, you know, that's not right, please, you know, stop or whatever, and because of that, after doing the martial arts and after I was able to really build my confidence back up, you know, I wanted to. I wanted to be to help teach people that look. You have to. You could literally save somebody's life by stepping in at that moment. I mean, you never, you never know how somebody's going to react to another person's words or another person's attitude or body language or whatever. And all it takes is for you to say, you know, hey, g- give him a, a break. You know, that's that's all you have to say. I mean, literally, and you're saving somebody's life and. When when I went through my experience, I, I really realized that how isolated people can feel when they're going through bullying, and you know that's when when I started getting into interviewing all these celebrities, you know, I realized every single celebrity and uh, has experienced these sort of things, and, and for whatever reasons, for various reasons, but but they have all experienced like big issues with bullying, not just. You know, though, they had one kid on the street. It was like, you know, these people would say, hey, I, I, I'm going to be an actor. Or I'm going to be a, a professional singer. Or I'm going to be a, a boxer. And nobody, like, as soon as they wanted to be different in their lives, like, I, I don't want to be, go and have the the same road as everybody else. I want to be different. And as soon as somebody, you know, says, I'll, I'm going on my own road, everybody turns on them. No matter where you are, you're going to have, a huge group of people that decide because they're not going to be different, they have to try to 
impact your life in a negative way because they realize, oh, I'm I'm going down the wrong path, or I'm not, I'm never going to be what he's going to be. So I'm just going to sit here and target that one kid or that one guy or whatever. And when after seeing all these things with me, and especially like even in Las Vegas, all some of the people that I had that I'll call distractions again were you know 60 plus years old. I mean they weren't like people my age. They're they're like older people that. Normally, like like you said, you'd think a lot of people have a lot of wisdom to share, and then you get these occasional distractions that just really, I don't know why they they want to do it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, like I just said, maybe they see their life hasn't gone where you, you know you're going to be, and they they want to try to bring you down to their level. And in doing that, you know, they don't, I don't think anybody realizes what sort of impact they're creating on the individual that they're targeting. And when all these things started happening to me, it, it really, I really said, like, man, I, I really want to tell people that they're not alone and that bystanders need to, to step in and that these people getting targeted need to tell somebody. They need to tell their parents or a guardian or something. They got to tell somebody that what's going on because. Nobody will ever know if they don't tell anybody, and Amen. especially like I never told anybody, but all these bystanders were watching it, so I I didn't know what to do. And through my interviews and uh, through my story, hopefully, it might inspire uh, a couple people just to to step up and tell somebody, or maybe even the bystanders to to help them get involved a little bit, because all it takes is, like I said, all it takes is one person to say. I'm not going to sit here and watch this this person get targeted. I'm just going to step in. And once once that one person makes that decision, that will impact that that person that was getting targeted for the rest of their lives. And uh yeah, all all it takes is one thing, one one sentence and you can really change someone's life. And through my interviews with celebrities and with athletes and with all these people, they've all had the same type of story where they got targeted, and nobody would step in to help them. Like they, they were different. They were in that that world that I want to be off the beaten track, and they always got targeted. And because of that, hopefully, their stories will be able to inspire the the bystanders and the the people getting targeted as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know that the World Boxing Council has named you as a, an ambassador um, against bullying, and I know that you are also connected with world champions against bullying. And we happen to have on the line with us the chairman and founder of World Champions Against Bullying, Mr. Harris Haight. Hello, Mr. Haight. Hello, how are you? Bless the Lord. Awesome, awesome. Well, I just wanted to open up the the airways briefly so that you know you can just um speak on on this wonderful young man and his efforts and what he is doing to combat um this plight that has really been plaguing our children these days absolutely absolutely uh definitely wanted to get on the call uh time is a little frazzled right now with some events uh, that that we're endeavoring but uh Brian, I just wanted to get on the, your phone. Uh, with Coyland and just uh, thank you so much for everything that you're doing to combat bullying. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible um, epidemic that has gripped our country. And 
it's really sad that um, so many children are now losing their lives over it. And, you know, in, in my uh, walk through as uh, chairman of uh, World Champions Against Bullying, I, I try to tell people that I encounter uh, that may be sponsors or um, people that may want to be a part of us that, um, you know, children are dying. And, and and that that changes everything. And when children are dying, there's no time to negotiate. There's no time to play politics. There's no time to uh, play games. And you know that's what you uh, uh, incur in the uh, nonprofit and charity uh, arena. And so um, I was quite um, dismayed about that. I thought that. Um, when when you look at the landscape in which uh, bullying uh, uh, undertakes, that people would be uh, on fire to to uh, get involved and, and to donate and to give to try to uh, educate and, and and do whatever we can do to eradicate this, and I found that it was basically uh, just the opposite, and so. I really applaud you, Brian, for your efforts and standing up as as, as someone that had been bullied for you know, your courage to stand up against this. And um, I'm so proud to have you represent World Champions Against Bullying and um, the WBC as well as our partner. And so, um, once again, um, I just want to thank you so much. You're doing a wonderful, wonderful job. I I, I get your messages that you send me, and um, I, I try as much as I can to reply to them, but I wanted to tell you in person that I am really, really proud of you, and I'm I'm really so thankful uh, for the things that you're doing to, uh, uh, you know, take our organization further and, and, and strengthen us in our fight against bullying. Well, thank you, and I, I really, really appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. And you stay encouraged in your walk. Uh, with the Lord, you stay encouraged in your your fight and your battle uh, in which He's a part of. You know, the Lord is 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 in anybody that's an underdog, anybody that is the poor uh, was was you know the Lord's uh, greatest uh, undertaking was that you know He He cared about the poor, and you know we live in a society now where people just don't even care about the poor. You don't even hear politicians talk about the poor. It's the middle class and 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 the rich. And you know it's it's really sad because um, the the poor have a, a mirror reflection of victims of bullying, and you know they're they're forgotten about, they're not talked about, they're 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 in the shadows. And so once again, I just want to thank you, and like I said, encourage you to go on in this fight, and uh, we're with you 100%. And um, I'm pretty sure that um, soon we're going to be getting together. We have some endeavors that we're working on, and uh, pretty soon we're going to be getting together personally uh, together to work on uh, some initiatives. And, again, thank you so much, and, and Lord bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thank you for calling in, Harris. We really appreciate no problem. it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, so, Brian, tell us about your your boxing and your martial arts. What's going on with you in those things? Did you uh, pick these tools up to defend yourself or just to um, kill time? Or just kind of talk about that a little. Well, uh, originally, like, uh, well, to start, start, <clears throat> well, to start with, my, my father's from Ireland, and he is, uh, or he used to uh, box growing up in Ireland and I had always kind of to watch I've always kind of watched like martial arts and boxing but I never actually I never wanted to do it like I always thought 
those guys are crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, after my bullying experience, uh, my parents kept telling me, like, you, you need to do something to, to help learn how to defend yourself and to, to help, you know, build your confidence up. And I honestly didn't want to do it. And when, the like, literally the first class I took in Taekwondo, uh, I just was a complete addict for the whole thing. Like, it was the most addicting thing I've ever done. And it's a, uh, it's a incredibly healthy lifestyle that you're living. And, you know, after that first, you know, lesson in Taekwondo, it was just, that was all she wrote. I mean, it, it was all from there. It just kind of kept expanding and expanding and it, it turned into boxing and I got to meet fantastic people uh in boxing and I'm uh that you know I got a lot of the interviews with boxers uh that I've done about web about bullying but uh boxing and martial arts is by far one of the best ways that I know how to uh to help not only learn how to defend yourself but to help build your confidence levels back up and uh it it is really inspirational to see people that have confidence that are really ready to step in when they see that that person getting targeted they you know they are willing to to step in and it, it it's all a matter of confidence if you if you don't have confidence then uh most likely you're not you're going to be shy and kind of not sure whether you want to step in or whether you're not but like I said it's all it's all back to you know you could really change somebody's life by doing that and uh taekwondo really really helps inspire you to to be one of those people. Now, you know, one of the things that I have encountered, because as most of my listeners know, I I come from the world of boxing, Um, worked in it for 28 years, but um, what I have found, especially with the youth that have have, um, got involved in the sport, a lot of them get involved as a means of self-defense, but once they get in there, they learn the discipline and really how to contain themselves more than how to go after a bullier. Did you find yeah, that, that to be? Um... Yeah. yeah, I mean, like exactly what you just said is a hundred percent true. I mean, with Taekwondo, like I've literally never been in any fight whatsoever. I probably will never be in a fight. Uh, it, it teaches you simply that it, it's never. Well, there's a lot of things. There's you, you know, like in the world of boxing, especially. Uh, I've seen so many people that I've known or that I've you know seen or heard of or whatever that or have been a part of boxing and they uh, they get you know uh robbed at, at gunpoint and unfortunately they they get shot and killed and when things like that happen it, it when you're seeing things like that happen it, you know uh it's not it's never worth your life to uh, over money or over objects or over things uh mm-hmm. i mean but things as simple as you know words can really stop you know things like that from happening. I mean, somebody that that goes as far as to rob somebody at gunpoint. Uh, I mean, you know that started from bullying, or it started from. It had to start from somewhere. They didn't just wake up one day, a normal person, and just like I'm going to go rob people. I mean, it all starts from that level of bullying in schools. And Taekwondo really, I mean, it really helps you to, and, and boxing, it really helps you to identify that what like just stepping in and saying please leave him alone, you're you're not just necessarily influencing the guy that's getting targeted. You're also influencing uh, the guy that's, you know, actually being the bully. And when when you do that, you know, maybe you're changing his life too. Maybe he's going to be 
sit, wow. sitting there saying, wow, I mean, maybe he's right. I'm, I might be too harsh or I might be, you know, not a, a nice person. Uh, you know, wh- where do I see myself? Where am I going to be? And does, you know, God really want us to do that? And when, when you do, when you change somebody's life like that, it, it leads to those, those big events, like, Especially, by the way, I want to give my condolences to my uh, my neighbors at the Santa Monica College. Uh, they just had a shooting there. Uh, luckily, my improv class ran a little bit longer because I was supposed to be on the campus. But, uh, yeah, I mean, six people ended up, uh, actually five people, I think, uh, ended up dying. And it's, it's things like that, it all starts from somewhere. And when one person, one kid, may, like maybe my age or younger, just steps in and stops somebody from being bullied, those events won't happen. I mean, ultimately, everybody lives a better lifestyle when, when, when they're not starting at such a young age. You know, I it's been my experience in going into the schools with World Champions Against Bullying and talking to the children that I think bullies and, and please understand, I I definitely are I'm anti-bullier, but. I believe that there is a root to whatever issues people have. And most of your children that have turned into bullies are very insecure and have been hurt very badly. And normally, normally, unfortunately, it comes from the home. Exactly. And it all all starts from somewhere. It's not, like Mm -hmm. I just said, it's not. Mm -hmm. These people don't just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to go pick on this kid, you know, just to do it. They that that's something that it develops into that, and it, it does start at the home. I mean, it starts, it, it always starts at the home, and everything starts mm-hmm. at home. And it starts mm-hmm. at home, and it starts with God, and it starts at church. And all mm-hmm. three of those, you know, and when I say it starts with God, too, it's if you if you don't think you, you really know God or you have a connection with him, or maybe your interpretation of what he wants you to do is so far-fetched from the truth, uh, because maybe it all started from church, and you know you got this minister that's telling you this is how you need to live live your life, and you need to attack people that are that are not living the same life you are. You know that yeah. it all starts from these different places, and then, like you said, it all comes back to home. I mean, if you have people feeding feeding you this information that you need to be, you know, have hatred towards others at home, you're going to be living that outside in your everyday life. Yeah, very, very true, very, very true. So just as you said, when you can step in and maybe speak a word of kindness to someone, it makes a world of difference, a world of difference, absolutely. So tell us, you know, where are you now? I mean, you've moved from Las Vegas to California. I just heard you said your improv class ran over. What are you doing these days? Well, actually, right now I'm uh, I'm taking some acting classes while I'm out in California, and I'm picking up a little acting here and there, and uh, just uh, well, I'm actually I moved to California because I wanted to uh, attend college here, and uh, I'm about to start college, so I'm I'm kind of uh, keeping myself extremely busy, but uh, I'm just starting to kind of experiment with the acting world and and getting involved with that, and uh, which is exactly what the improv kind of comes in, but uh, I mean it, it's it's a uh, it's a great it was a great move. I mean Las Vegas is. It's one of those cities that people that go there for one or two days, uh, you know, they 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 think it's something that it's not, and Las Vegas isn't. It's not where I needed to be, and I'm I'm glad I made this move out here, and it's a uh, it's a really positive environment for me. 
and it's uh it's it's a really healthy lifestyle and it's it's much more for me it's much better and you know everybody they have to uh they have to find somewhere that they can kind of they can uh seek refuge in, in with themselves and with God and with their community and I've really been able to find that here Awesome, awesome. Well, I really want to applaud your parents because they have obviously done a phenomenal job with you, and it appears that they have definitely put your best interests at heart um, in making sure that you're getting the um, education not only in the academics but in life itself. Um, in the best places. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Tell me about your desire for journalism and all these interviews. Is, are, is there any spark there for reporting or anything? Well, well exactly, and, and that's where that kind of the acting comes in. Uh, when I started doing my interviews and I started getting in front of the cameras and being with, you know, those people in that, in I don't know what the phrases you want to call them, but I guess that celebrity when you start getting kind of to know what that that area feels like where you know just put, putting your foot in the water just to see what that that feels like and for me it was something that i can really i i really connect with those people and they have such similar experiences and life stories to mine where they had i wouldn't say that like the whole world was against them but they had a world of distractions against them and when you hear stories like that, it really inspires you to want to make it to that that top percentile of the world, where it's 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 like that. Very few people will reach it, but you know, it's it's just a matter of of giving it your best, and you know, God will always help you and get you there. But because of all the interviews and stuff I've done, I've it's really I've really found out that I, I really love working with the cameras and getting involved with that. Uh, which is why I started taking some acting courses and uh, classes and whatnot. But uh, and then maybe even uh, journalism. I'm, I'm kind of looking at doing maybe broadcasting in college, uh, broadcasting, broadcasting or uh, communication, uh, and anything kind of in that field. I'm really interested in, and it's funny because it all came down to uh, my bullying interviews. So it's just, it's funny. God, God works in such mysterious ways of where He wants <laughs> you to be. And it, it really is, because it's like, even like what I just said, I mean, literally my improv class ran over time, and uh, that prevented me from being uh, involved or being close to uh, a, a shooting, because my, my, my acting classes are in Santa Monica, and I was two streets over when that, that shooting happened. So it's th- things like that, you know, you never, you never know where God wants you to be. But I just, I got, he's really had to be watching me on that one because I mean I'm I'm just really glad uh that improv class ran over. <laughs> you know what, God has a way of protecting his children. Um and we don't always fully understand. We also fully don't always fully understand the different plights that he may allow to happen in our lives. Had you not been bullied then you may not have taken the stand that you have against bullying and became uh, really a mouthpiece for the underdog. Um, Had your improv class not ran over, you could have been in the wrong place. One thing about God is that he makes no mistakes. Exactly. And he always has a plan in place. Exactly, and that's something, you know, you you don't really, a lot of times you kind of go under the radar and you kind of, 
you start to think, oh, he's not, he's not really paying attention right now in my life. And then an event like that happens where you realize, wow, I could have been, I mean, I literally would have been right there at the wrong place at the wrong time. But something as little as a class running over traffic mm-hmm. can, I, I mean, that's not something. I mean, it, it is, it all comes down to uh, God and Absolutely. You can tell. I mean, little events like that really bring you you bring you back. It, it really brings you back to reality, knowing that. Very humbling. Yeah, it's a very humbling experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. So, where are you going to attend college? Uh, I'm looking at uh, a college uh, here in California, uh, probably a, a, maybe a junior college for the first two years, and then I'll transfer to mm-hmm. a bigger university, but. Uh, I'm not not quite sure. I'm looking at a UCLA or a, I'm not sure. U- UCLA is one of my top, and then uh, LMU is out here too, and uh, both of which are great colleges. But uh, I'm not I'm not 100. percent Cool. Well, Brian, I want you to take the next couple of minutes and just um, encourage the youth that that will be hearing this show because we have live callers. We have those listening in now, but the archives go out to literally thousands of people. So I I would just love for you to share from your heart some words of encouragement, not only in the realm of bullying, but just in life itself from someone that who has experienced quite a bit of life in your young life, in your young years, um, and just to encourage our youth to not give up. Yeah, and especially with my story um if you've listened to the whole thing you're going to hear a little bit about myself but uh i started everything my whole story started in Houston and it it Houston is one of those cities that everybody kind of goes down the same road like it's not it's very rare that you're going to hear somebody say that they want to uh you know start doing boxing or anything like that it, it it's it's not it's not a very different city and when you when you grow up in an environment like that and you say hey i want to be different uh people don't understand that and they want to know why why do you want to be different uh because they don't want to be different but that all it takes is for you to say that in your head that you you want to be one of those people that you've seen on television or in a movie or a famous athlete you want you want to be in with that group of people and uh, or even uh, you know you want to be maybe you're growing up in a, a, a not as good environment or in a uh, you know your your community is not the best place in the world. Well, maybe you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. I mean, it, you can be anything. But uh, it all comes down to you wanting to to be different. And there's never there's never a place that's too high to reach. And you can always you know shoot for the stars. And you you never know where life is going to take you, so you you have to be prepared to just stay on board and keep going with it. And uh, even with my experience, my my you know life has changed so rapidly in the past few years. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm going. I mean, nobody really knows where they're going. I mean, I have goals in my head that where I want to personally be, which everybody needs to have. They need to they want they need to have some sort of idea that hey maybe. I want to be uh, living in uh, Beverly Hills in the next few years, or I, I want to be doing this or that. And everybody can reach that, but they need to stay dedicated to, you know, staying in school and uh, you, just being a good person overall. And karma kind of comes back around. So 
when you're making decisions like picking on somebody, like once again bullying, once you make that decision that I'm going to uh, influence this person's life for the, the worse, uh, that'll come back around eventually. And everybody needs to to know that, you know, I'll, I'll share a story for you. Uh, there's a a, uh, a pool player, a uh, billiards and pool player that I interviewed, and he's number one in the world. When uh, his name is Shane, when Shane uh, wasn't growing up in school, he was he was deaf and he still is deaf. But anyway, when he he went to school and he he kept going every day, but he had the same people picking on him every single day because he was deaf. And finally, he said, "You know what? I'm I, he he finished high school. He he just wanted to get out of it. He he let, he, he didn't even go to his high school uh, graduation. I mean, he just as soon as he got his degree, he walked out." And he started. He said, I, "You know what? My, my parents own a, a pool and billiards hall, and this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do this." And Shane is right now like ranked number one in the world for pool and billiards, and he's like the Tiger Woods of of pool. I mean, nobody can go anywhere near him. Like he just dominates the pool circuit. But it all starts back to those people influencing him. And when Shane uh, went back to his the town that he grew up in and he was getting his car washed, and when he was getting his car washed, they had uh, a guy that said, oh, you're, you're Shane, yeah, I, I knew you from school. And that guy that said that was the same kid that bullied him in school. And the difference was, was Shane was ranked number one in anything. I mean, it, for him it was pool, but he was ranked number one in the world. And this guy was washing cars. And wow. when you... When you dedicate yourself to something that's that's really uh, what's the word good? I mean, when when you're dedicating yourself to something that's worthwhile and doing in your life, you're gonna get somewhere. When you say I'm gonna spend all my time picking on this one kid because he has glasses or because his hair is weird, I mean, anything. When you say mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit here and just uh, just verbally attack somebody or uh, physically attack somebody or or even spend my time doing something I shouldn't be doing. I mean, uh, drugs, drinking, anything. I mean, you're never going to get to where you really want to be. Nobody does. I mean, you can't. I've I've met some people that they, and especially people I've interviewed that work in the music industry, and they, they grew up in horrible environments. I mean, some of the worst places you can imagine. Or even Mike Tyson. I mean, they, they some of these people grew up in horrible, horrible environments. And they knew in their mind, I don't want to be the same as everybody else, and I don't want to end up, you know, getting in, in a bad situation someday, and uh, maybe even losing my life. I want to get out of this environment. And they worked so hard uh, doing something that was worthwhile, and they treated people with respect and with decency. And they're, like I said, they're in that one percentile of the world that, mm-hmm. like, it, it's just that that that. I don't know what the word is that that living legend type of mentality that wow I mean people every all around the world uh, know who Mike Tyson is I mean people like it's it's one of those things that if you spend your time doing something that you really want to dedicate yourself doing and it can be basketball it can be a sport you know it can be anything uh, education sport uh, politics anything your uh, your 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 reach is just way past where you think you can go i mean you have something in your head where oh maybe maybe i want to be 
class president of high school. I mean, it starts with something like that, and it ends up that maybe you're president of the world or of the uh, nation someday. Right. It, it's yeah. just things like that. It, you never, you, you never know where you're going to end up. But if you invest your time wisely, and you say, I, I need to be doing something positive in the world and making a difference, rather than, you know, uh, you sitting there bullying kids or or doing whatever, then, you know. Maybe maybe I can really end up somewhere where I want to be, and I can tell you, no matter how bad life is right now for you, like I promise you, you ultimately you're not gonna want to stay in a in a bad environment. Like there's no point to that. Like that's just uh, you don't want to waste your life sitting, you know, in a pond somewhere when you can be in the whole ocean. I mean, there's so many things like out there in the world that people can do that to really make a difference, and by sitting at you know by sitting down and not doing anything or not getting active in the community or in sports or in anything uh, i mean that's that's ultimately what you got to do and it all comes back to to how you treat others and people are going to treat you back the same way and if people really like you you're going to you're going to really go far in your life absolutely absolutely well thank you so much for sharing I really, really have enjoyed having you on the show. It's been a true, true blessing. I do. I really applaud your efforts in standing up for the little guy, standing up for that one that possibly would not stand up for himself and being someone that will say, you know what, don't cross the line. You know, this is wrong. Let's not do it. So thank you so very, very much. And I would like for you, if you would, to do one more thing for me as we close out the show. If you would just say a prayer over those that may be um, in a bullying situation right now or um, some young person that really feels that their life is spun out of control and they don't know how to um, reel it back in. Gotcha. I'm more than happy to do it. Great. You know, uh, dear God, please, please help anyone out there listening to this. That please help them pick themselves up and, and put them where they need to be in their life, and help guide them in the right direction, and just help, help be, be there for them and, and show that you are there for them. Uh, just like you know my experience and how you helped me. Uh, please, please just help give them the roadmap that they need and help them find a fantastic church and a fantastic mentor that they can that that can really help mold their lives and be the person that they need to be uh, in God's name amen Amen, amen. Well, thank you so very much, Brian. I appreciate you coming on and sharing with the listeners. And I just I just appreciate you, and I applaud the stand that you have taken, and I just believe that God has such great doors that he is going to open on your behalf, specifically because he can trust you with the anointing that he has placed upon you. So Godspeed in all that you're doing, and again, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. I really appreciate you having me. Amen. Well, listeners, that's it for tonight. We are going to move on a little bit further, and I thank you for tuning in. And please, please invite your friends to listen to the archives because I believe that they will really be blessed, and I know that the words of inspiration that Brian has spoken about his own life and into the life of others will be a blessing. So God bless you, and I will catch you next time. <laughs>